to the word of the Lord. Amen. And we want to direct your attention to the, to the book of James chapter 5 and verse number 17. And we're going to see if God will help us this morning. Amen. We want God to have his way in this place and we're thankful. Amen. Great to see Brother Derry this morning. Amen. Amen. He is usually working and uh, we're glad he's with us this morning. Amen. And uh, thankful for all that God's doing. Amen. James chapter 5 and verse number 17. And it reads like this. If you have it, say amen. 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 If you don't have it, says Gina has always got your back. Sunday mornings. Amen. James chapter 5 and 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions like as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Amen. Right before verse 17, it is talking about how the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In verse 17 of James chapter 5, it's, it uses the word, the name Elias. Elias was Elijah. It's just a di different way that they use the words here in, in the book of James. But it's talking about the prophet Elijah. Elijah, you may, you may, or so you, so you may say in verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And I want to just talk for a few moments this morning on this Topic: Divided passions. Divided passions. If you could, let your, set your Bibles aside and we want to ask the Lord to help us today. We want God to anoint us and God to speak to us today. God, we thank you for the engrafted word of God upon our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the, the word of God, the unadulterated, the unchanged, the unaltered word of God. And we're praying today, God, that the word of God would go forth. God, and it would find a place in our hearts. It would find a place, Lord, in our lives. God, help us to apply the Word of God to our lives. Help us to mix the Word of God with our faith, God. Help us to see the hand of God in this service today. And we'll not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. Amen. Divided passions. Divided passions. The uh, writer of James, uh, James, the, the writer here in this book, gives us a little bit of an introduction uh, to the uh, life of the prophet Elijah. Because in you find in the Word of God in, in 1 Kings chapter 17 that Elijah seems to come out of obscurity. There's not really much of an introduction or a lineage, if you will, about Elijah the prophet. Uh, it merely states, amen, in uh, the book of First Kings that uh, Elijah just began to, uh, he came before the king. And uh, we can go there briefly. <clears throat> it says in chapter 17 of First Kings, this is the first mention of the prophet Elijah. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab. That's the introduction we get to the prophet Elijah. He said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew 
nor rain these years, but according to my word. And Elijah seemingly came out of obscurity, but the writer in in James chapter 5 and 17 lets us have a little bit more of an introduction. And it begins to tell us that Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was going through the same situation. He was dealing with the same predicament, the same uh, kingdom that was... At, uh, that was the ruling at the time when Ahab was king over the people of God. Uh, the king at the time was Ahab and his wife Jezebel, that wicked queen, amen, that, that the people of God had to put up with. It. And the Bible says that Ahab was one of the most wicked kings that ever ruled uh, over the people of God. And, and, I, and I'm looking at James chapter 5 and 17. I'm having to try to connect in my mind 1 Kings when Elijah is introduced for the first time. And I want to tell you, amen, that Elijah lived in a very precarious time. Elijah lived in a very wicked time, amen, when the rulers of the people of God were doing evil in the sight of God. He dealt with the same situations that everybody else dealt with, but the Bible says in James chapter 5 that he began to pray earnestly. Amen. Elijah dealt with the same things, but his his passion was focused. It was not divided. Amen. He began to seek God with all of his heart. And I want to tell you today that if you and I can begin to seek God with all of our hearts, it does not matter the circumstances and the surrounding situations. Amen. But I believe that one person, amen, or a group of people, if they'll begin to seek God earnestly, if they'll begin to have that effectual, fervent prayer of righteous living, amen, I believe that God can give a word, amen, to the people of God. And there can arise somebody, there can arise a church right here in this city, amen, that says, I got a word from God for the people, amen, here around Amen. Elijah began to seek the face of God. Elijah began to, amen, he probably got sick and tired of seeing all of the sin that was surrounding him. Elijah, amen, no doubt got fed up, amen, with Ahab, amen, just doing his thing and leading the people of God off course. And Jezebel, that wicked, painted, jeweled up queen, amen, that looked like the harlot and played the harlot many times, amen, Elijah got fed up and said, we've got to get back to God, and he began to pray, he began to seek God, amen, he began to seek the face of God, we know from studying the scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 18 that uh, Elijah, amen, the word that he spoke to the people at a particular time on the top of Mount Carmel, Amen. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? How long are you going to to go back and forth from from this opinion to that opinion? Uh, One translation says, how long are you going to limp between two opinions? Are you going to you're going to limp? Amen. When you're when you got your your, your eyes set on one thing and another thing and you, you can't seem to walk straight you can't seem to walk right amen there's a certain limping that takes place that people don't realize it they think well i'm just going to appease the flesh on saturday night and i'm going to please appease the spirit of god on sunday morning i'm going to appease my flesh on friday night but i'm going to appease the spirit of god on wednesday night and they think they can go back and forth they can halt between two opinions 
Amen. And the, Elijah, what he was really getting at was the people of God had divided passions. Amen. They were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping the God. Uh, they, they, they were worshiping an idolatry. They were worshiping the idols of Baal on one hand, but they were still worshiping God. Yes. They said, I'm not backslidden. I'm still worshiping God, but I'm also worshiping the king's God, which is Baal. Amen. He was, they were worshiping both gods. And Elijah began to pronounce, amen, that the, they had to reconcile the, the differences. They had, to, uh, they had to get rid of their divided passions. Amen. Elijah saw the condition of the people. Amen. All we can, all we can do is from, from connecting the book of James to the book of 1 Kings, begin to make some connections in our mind. Amen. And we know that he saw the condition of the people and he got a burden for them. Amen. There are many times, amen, that you're going to see certain things in the body of Christ. And it's not for you to tear down your brother or your sister. Amen. It's not for you to mock them or ridicule them or tear them down or gossip about them or say all of these negative things about the people of God. But there are some things that God shows you as a saint of God so you can get on your knees like Elijah did in prayer and seek Him earnestly. Amen. If you're not careful... If you're not careful, you're going to see things, amen, and on the other side of the aisle. You're going to see things in another family member, in another individual in the church, and you're going to say, man, this church is messed up. Amen, this church, I don't want to be here no more. Look at all the problems that they've got. But Elijah did not do that. And he gave us a good example. When I see problems in the church, when I see inconsistencies in leadership, when I see all of these things, I'm going to recognize my proper response. It's not to mock. It's not to gossip. It's not to fall time. But it's that I might pray and seek the face of God. And I've got to pray for my brothers and my sisters. Amen. It's the fault finding that will cause a bad attitude in your life. Amen. I'm going to tell you today. Amen. God wants His people to be united. There is a desire of God for the oneness, the oneness, the oneness, the oneness of the body. And Elijah recognized it's not going to do me any good if I begin trashing the king. It's not going to do me any good if I begin trashing this tribe and I begin trashing that tribe. But what I've got to do, said Elijah, is I've got to pray. I've got to pray effectually. I've got to pray fervently. Amen. It's not a patty cake prayer that you've got to come to God with, but it's got to be something that you say, I'm going to pray with all of my heart. I'm going to seek you with everything that I've got. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are times when you get to pray and you get to seeking God. Amen. And it seems like everything bad happens as a response. You're thinking, a whole lot of good that did me. I heard recently somebody say of a, uh, a pastor's wife. I don't even know who this is, but I heard the story. And uh, this pastor's wife said, man, uh, we as a church went on a three day fast and all hell broke loose. And she said, that's the last time we're going to fast. That's a wrong response. 
That's the wrong response. As you begin to get a hold of God, sure, there's going to be things that come against you. Amen. But you've got to recognize I'm doing the will of God. And the will of God is not always the easiest thing. The will of God is not always, amen, row lined with roses and beautiful flowers. But there's times you're going to walk through a wilderness. There's times you begin to pray and see God. You begin to draw close to God. And it seems like everything comes against you. That is the time to stay faithful to God. That is the time to get a hold of God deeper. Amen. It was right after that Elijah approached Ahab after a deep season of prayer and a lifestyle of consecration. And he he prophesied to the prophet to to the king Ahab. He said, "As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. Uh, but according to my word, there's not. I'm not just saying there's not going to be rain, but there's not going to be dew on the ground. There's not going to be a moist, grassy." It's going to be dry. It's going to be dry until I give you the word, King. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, Elijah got praying and God gave him a word. And then he immediately went into three and a half years of famine. And he probably thought, man, God, this is hard. I'm seeking you. And now I'm here in a wilderness type experience. And I'm going through a famine But I'm going to tell you that God had made a way for Elijah. And God will always make a way for his people. God will always make a way for his people. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that the people I'm looking at today are the apple of his eye. Amen. The sheep of his pasture. His most prized possession. And God is looking out for you and I when we are in covenant relationship with him. And God said, Elijah, we know from the scriptures, amen, to the woman at Zarephath and her son. This is the scenario we know from scripture. Amen. This was it. Woman, that woman with the one boy, the one child, when Elijah came to her and he said, what do you have? And she said, I just got a cruise of oil. I just got a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. My son and I, I'm going to make a cake for him and I, we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. Amen. But the man of God came through and speaking to her and said, make me a cake first. The audacity sometimes of faith. Amen. It doesn't make sense. Amen. It seems to fly in the face of, amen, common thinking. It seems to fly in the face of your intellect. It will fly in the face of your logic and of your reasoning. But I'm going to tell you today, if the word God gives you a word from God, you've got to take it to the bank. And you've got to lay hold on it. And God, I'm going to see the hand of God come through in my life. And the woman at Zarephath said, I'm going to make you a cake like you said, O man of God. Amen. And we know, amen, that it was, as the Bible says, that the cruise of oil, it never ran dry. And then she went through the entire famine. And her and her son had sustenance. Her and her son had provision. I'm going to tell you today, like I said a few moments ago, if you'll trust God with the tithe, if you'll trust God with the offering, amen, you may think in your mind, how am I going to get by on 90% or 85%? How am I going to get by? Amen. Man of God, you're asking for tithe. You're teaching about offering. How am I going to get by? Oh, if I begin to participate in the tithe and in the offering, I'm going to tell you just like God did for the woman at Zarephath, He'll do for you. Amen. He'll make a way for you. You don't have to have it figured out. 
I'm putting my trust in you. Amen. That woman, if you please, amen, did not have divided passions. She recognized I've got to take care of the things of God in my life first and foremost. And then I'm going to trust him to make a way for my family. I've got to keep things right between me and him. If I can keep the vertical relationship correct, and I'm going to help, I'm going to believe that God will help me keep it right on the horizontal plane. And so many times, amen, we want to appease people on the horizontal, and we put the vertical second place. But if we could flip that around and say, God, vertically, between me and you, God, I'm going to stay right with God. I'm going to please God. I'm not going to try and do this and do that. But just God right here, God, me and you, I'm going to get in your presence. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to seek his face. Amen. Amen. God will make a way on the horizontal issues in life you're dealing with today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will make a way. And then seemingly, after three and a half years, in that time of famine, God speaks again to the prophet Elijah and says, go show yourself to the King Ahab. Go get over to King Ahab. And I want you to gather the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the groves, the false prophets of the groves. Amen. I want to tell you today the difference between Elijah and Ahab was in the subjection of their passions. The difference between Elijah and Ahab was in the subjection of their passions. Elijah was a man of immensely stronger passions, amen, than poor Ahab ever was. Only Elijah's powerful passion swept him up to heaven. Amen. Whereas all Ahab's contemptible passion shouldered and shoveled and sucked him down to hell. Amen. Ahab gave himself over to the passions of this world and of an idolatrous relationship with Baal. Amen. But Elijah subjected himself to the passion of seeking the face of God. You've got to watch as a people of God where your passions are placed. Amen. Does does the things of God consume my day? Or is it the things of the world that take up a majority of my time? Am I making time during my daily routines to seek His face? Or am I pursuing selfish, amen, vain things in life? Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Amen. He dealt with the same things you and I dealt with. Everybody else, you, you hear it when you're growing up in, in, in adolescence, in high school, in elementary school. Everybody else is doing this. Why don't you just go ahead and do it? The three Hebrew boys face the same thing. Everybody else is bowing down. Go ahead and bow down. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else has, a, has this and has that. Amen. Why don't you just go along to get along? Why don't you just go along to get along? Amen. All of the other youth are doing this. All of my other married friends are doing this. All of the other neighbors are doing this and they're doing that. And it's easy to give in. Elijah was living during a time when everybody else was going to Baal's house on Saturday and going to God's house on Sunday. 
Everybody else thought it was, you know what, it's okay because we're supposed to uh, obey the king and we're supposed to submit ourselves. So I'm going to kind of do both. I'm going to keep one foot in the church and I'm going to keep one foot out the door. I'm going to do a little bit for Jesus and I'm going to do a little bit for me because I've got to have time for me and I've got to take care of me and my passions. Amen. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, but he prayed. But he prayed. And when you're dealing with, amen, a heart that wants to be divided and it wants to go this direction and that direction, what you've got to do is you've got to pray. You've got to seek his face. And you can't do it half-heartedly, but it's got to be fervent. It's got to be effectual. It's got to be God. I need you now. I've got to have the touch of God. When you're faced with divided passions and your heart wants to go a million different directions, what you've got to do is you've got to pray. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. It's the only way. It's the only way to rein in those divided passions. He prayed and he shut the heavens. He prayed again. Some years later, and the heavens opened up. Amen. There is power when you pray. There is great power when you get into God's presence and you begin to seek His face. There is great power when the people of God begin to pray effectually and fervently. And they begin to get into God's presence. I'm going to tell you, there's things that happen in the heavenlies. And there's things that happen here on earth. That's why the Lord Jesus said, on earth... As it is in heaven. I want the will of God that's already made clear in heaven. I want it made clear on earth. I want the pattern here on earth to look like the pattern that's in heaven. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, I want the will of God above all else. Hallelujah. 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 Prayer is the key that opens and shuts the heavens. Prayer is and always will be the key to your victory. Amen. Prayer is and always will be the victory. Amen. To divide over divided passions. You've got to wrestle some things down in your on your knees in prayer. You've got to wrestle some things down on your knees in prayer. Amen. One writer said, Esau wrestled with wild beasts with all of his passions, but Jacob wrestled with the angel. And and I believe also that angel wrestled back with Jacob until he began to wrestle down some divided passions. He began to wrestle down. He began to pin him down. And there began to be an identity shift, a name change. Nothing in the world so renews a man as putting his passions into his prayers. Amen. When you're faced with things in life, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. God, I am dealing with all sorts of things. God, my heart's going in a million different directions. I want to live for you, God. But I still want to live for the world. And I want to live for myself and for my flesh. And so God, I've taken my burdens to you, God. My passions, I'm laying them at the cross. And I'm saying, God, help me. 
I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to go back and forth with new passions, old passions, the passion to live for God, the passion to live for the world. But I want to wrestle them down in prayer. God, I don't want to live. I don't want to limp through life because divided passions. I don't want one eye going one direction and the other eye going another direction. That looks kind of freaky. That's kind of weird. One eye is looking out here, another eye is looking over here. And you're not sure as a person talking to them, which eye do I look at? Because I don't know where they're looking. We think it's weird on other people, or it's, you know. Uh, but sometimes our spiritual walk with God is that way. The preacher's preaching, and we're thinking about what we're going to do later. We're thinking about the vacation that's coming. We're thinking about the, the bills that got to be paid. We're thinking about last night. We're thinking about all these things, and our eyes are not focused. Our eyes are not fixated on, on the Word of God. Amen. We, we may think it's weird in other people, but not realizing sometimes we approach the things of God with divided passions, and, and one eye's looking one direction, another eye's looking another direction, and you're just kind of stumbling through life because you can't seem to focus. You can't seem to focus. And the people of God in Elijah's day were limping along because they had divided passions. They were limping through life. They could not walk right. They could not overcome because they had divided passions. And I'm going to tell you today, like Elijah said, how long hold ye between two opinions? How long are you going to go back and forth? Amen. Till you make up your mind. I'm going to live for God. I want holiness. I want separation from the world. I want consecration. I want everything that's in the Word of God. And I don't want it my way. I don't want it her way. I want it God's way. I want it God's way. Amen. Not my own traditional way of thinking. But what does the Word of God speak for my life? It cannot be I want religion my way. I want the Word of God my way. But I've got to take it as it's given. I've got to take it like it's written on the scriptures. Amen. Not going back and forth, but choosing. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to pray earnestly. I'm going to pray with all of my heart. Hallelujah. 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 Elijah was a man skilled in the art of prayer who altered the course of nature. He strangled the economy of the nation and prayed and fire fell. Prayed and people fell. Prayed again and rain fell. Amen. He was a man that knew how to pray when he was dealing with difficult situations. When he was dealing with carnality and the people of God, Elijah prayed. And I'm convinced, amen, that what we need as a church more than ever is a people that will grab a hold of God and say, God, I'm not letting go till you bless me. I'm going to pray until I see see something, a sign from God. I'm going to pray until I get a word from God. Amen. I'm tired of having to wait for somebody else to give me a word from God. I'm tired of having to wait for another preacher to come through for a word from God. I'm going to pray myself, and I'm going to see if God will not speak to me and give me. 
Hallelujah. How long do ye limp upon both sides? Is Jehovah God? Then go after him. If you believe that he is God, pursue him with all of your heart. If you believe in your heart of hearts that he is on the throne, that he is God, go after him. Pursue him. Live for God. With all of your heart, God, I'm going to live for you. I believe that you're God. Hallelujah. But if you believe that he's not God and the gods of this world are the real gods, then just go follow them. But make up your mind. Don't halt. Don't limp upon both sides of the fence. Don't straddle the fence anymore. But God, with all of my heart, I'm going to pursue you with everything that I've got. God, I'm going to give you my undivided attention. I'm going to pursue God. Amen. The people, amen, after Elijah, he asked him the question. He, he, he said, if is Jehovah God, then go after him. But if Baal is God, then go after him. And the people answered him not a word. They wanted Elijah to say to them, it's okay if you do both. There are a lot of churches today that will tell you it's okay to live for yourself the rest of the week as long as you come to church on Sunday and make things right with God. It's okay. There's a lot of churches that will preach that and they'll teach that. But the Word of God it does not teach that if you study the Scriptures, amen, He wants all of us. He wants all of you. He wants this completely surrendered heart. He wants a heart that is always, that is completely given over to Him. They wanted Elijah to say it was okay to worship Jehovah. And it was okay to worship Baal. And not to assume a hostile attitude towards Jehovah by the worship of Baal. And were therefore obliged to keep silence under this charge by Elijah. But they knew. I'm going to tell you, people know what's right and what's wrong. But a lot of times we'll look to others in our world for uh, sort of the sanctification. While everybody else is doing this. So it's got to be okay. Even though I know the word of God says X, Y, and Z. But everybody else is going this direction. And it still takes a man of God like Elijah to say, you've got to choose one or the other. You've got to choose one or the other. And I believe that as we as a church, amen, become like Elijah when he begins to effectually, fervently pray Pray earnestly, amen, pray with all of your heart and pray that God would have his way. I believe that this church, amen, is destined for its greatest revival. I believe this church is, is yet to see a divine outpouring of the Holy Ghost. When we pray with all of our hearts, when we come to church and say, I'm not going to wait for them to sing the song I like, I'm just going to worship him. 
praise him. I'm just going to lift him up. Hey, I'll preach a message by him. I'm going to give him everything I've got. I'm going to give him all that I have. Elijah reproved the people for mixing the worship of God and the worship of Baal. They were doing both. There are people, even in the church, the church at large, that still think they can do the same thing. I can worship God on Sunday. I can pull my nice clothes out of the closet. I can shave my face. I can freshen up. I can look just right for Sunday. But the rest of the week, I'm not going to pray. I'm I'm actually going to kind of do some things I probably shouldn't do. But it's okay because a lot of people around me are doing that. And the preacher hasn't preached on it in a while. So it's probably okay now. And they think that God's word changes. They think because they haven't heard a message on holiness in a long time, it's okay to start doing X, Y, and Z. But God's word doesn't change. And God's desire for us doesn't change. And he still wants all of us. He wants us, somebody to come to the altar and, and put, if you will, uh, their, their heart on the altar. The whole heart. Say, God, it's all yours. And I'm not going to leave anything back on the pew, the chair where I was sitting. I'm going to lay it all on the line. I want to give everything to I wonder if we could lift our hands in this place and we could talk to God just for a few moments. Would you lift your voices and your hands? Come on, could you lift your voices? Could you lift your hands, church? Come on, let's lift our voices, our hands, our hearts. Come on. Come on, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. Amen. I want you to lift your hands, lift your voices. Jesus, you're talking to me. Amen. I don't want anybody else to think he's talking to them. He's talking to somebody else. But I want you to recognize he's talking to me. I've got to receive the word of God. God, I want you to help me to lay it all on the line. He caught all of the most Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Yalla ba yalla ba 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 
Hallelujah. Those that halt or limp between unresolved, those that halt between their passions and limp between their passions are unresolved in their convictions. They can't figure out what do I believe. Sometimes I feel this way. Sometimes I feel that way. Those that limp between, they halt between two opinions, can't seem to ever get solid convictions about the way that they live. They're unstable and they're unsteady in their purposes. People with divided passions come and go. They're here one day, they're gone the next. And we wonder what happened. It's divided passions. It's somebody that's never laid it all on an altar. Somewhere along the line, you and I have got to get to an altar of repentance or a prayer closet in our homes and say, God, it's all on the line. I'm giving it all to you. No more of me, God. It's all for you. I'm going to live for God till the rest of my days. Those are statements that somewhere along the line, somewhere along the road of life, you've got to make that statement. I'm going to live for God until I die, Brother Terrence. I'm going to live for God when I'm, when I'm backstabbed by my friends. I'm going to live for God when ministry falls out of order. I'm going to live for God no matter what everybody else is doing. I've got to have a singular passion and not divided passions. I'm going to live for God. Amen. Whether you live for God or not, I'm going to serve Him. Amen. If there's no church, I'll find a church. Amen. If you're not praying, I'm going to pray. If nobody's at prayer meeting, I'll be at prayer meeting. I'm going to live for God with all of my heart, with everything I've got. It's not divided. Amen. Because that creates instability. It creates unsteadiness. And you can't get up and walk right because you're looking here and you're looking there. And God can't use somebody that's not fully committed to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They promise to the world, but they do not perform. They begin well, but they do not hold on because there's divided passions. They never let they never let go of the worldly passion. They never let go of an earthly passion. They never laid it on an altar and said, God, I want a passion for you. I want to live for God with all of my heart. Their heart is divided. They're inconsistent with themselves. They're indifferent and they're lukewarm. Their heart is divided. Whereas God has said in his word, I want all of you or I want none of you. 
If you don't give me everything, then you go serve the world. If you're not going to recognize me for who I am and serve me with all your heart, then serve the world. How long I'll be between two opinions. If we could stand to our feet as we close this service. Hallelujah. In Elijah, the story in 1 Kings 17 and 18. The end result was Elijah prophesied and he said, Ahab, get you up. Get ready. Because there's a sound of abundance of rain. It's going to come. Ahab, I want you to know, I want it to be declared right here in your in your hearing that rain is coming. Amen. But that, that, pro, that pronouncement for rain did not happen until Elijah dressed the unrepentant, divided ways of the people of God. How long are you between two opinions? And he began, the Bible says that there was a point, amen, in verse number 39, amen, of chapter number 18. Amen. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord is the God. The Lord is the God. And it wasn't but a few verses later that Elijah says in 41, Ahab, get thee up and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Before the rain can come, before the rain can come, God's got to deal with some divided passions. And God's got to deal with the unrepentant sinner and say, before I'm going to bring the rain, you've got to repent. And you've got to recognize that I'm God. Before I can bring the rain upon this church, it's got to be completely surrendered wholeheartedly given over to seeking God seeking his face seeking his face brother Walmer I've been going through some old because of the times preachings they were talking about in one of them how the great revival that happened in Ethiopia many years ago where tens of thousands received the Holy Ghost in one service. Many times over that happened. And a lot of visiting preachers from North America began to ask the questions to the missionaries. What is it? What is the difference? What is the thing that's, that's really helping you? And, and you know, it's prayer and fasting, but, but over, the overarching theme of that apostolic revival that took place I believe was in the 90's amen was there was a spirit of unity in the people there was a spirit of unity in the people they all prayed they all fasted they all gave themselves to God they all came to an altar they all they moved with one accord amen and suddenly they came a shout from heaven amen when they were all in one mind and one accord and we as a church, as Abundant Life Center, I believe that we, yes, we, this church, will see a great 
outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I pray for it. I see it. I believe it's going to happen, but it will not happen until we let it all arrive and we say, God, we're giving ourselves over to God. We're surrendering everything and we're moving in one accord in unity. And God will send the rain. God will send the rain. Amen. I'm just looking around. Amen. I'm wondering. Amen. When God's going to fill the next person with the Holy Ghost. I'm wondering when God's going to send another family through the front door. And they're going to reach up to God. I'm wondering when God is going to do it. And I'm looking for it. And I'm praying for it. And I believe it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him. Let's lift our hands. Amen. Clap your hands. Lift your voice. Whatever you want to do. Amen. But let's magnify Him. Come on, as one body. Amen. I want us to lift our voices and our hearts to Him. Come on, I want you to lift your voice. I want you to cry out. Oh, Jesus. I want you. I want to give myself wholeheartedly. I'm going to lay down all of my passions at the full cost. I've got a blood living with divided passions. I want everything. I want everything. I want everything. Come on, this altar's open. If you'd like to come to this altar, this altar's open. If God has spoken to you and you feel a conviction in your spirit and you feel like God's pricked your heart, amen, I'm wanting you to respond right now. Amen, right now in this moment. I'm asking somebody to respond to the word of God. Amen, this altar is open. It's available for somebody to say, God, I made it all on the line. No more divided passions. No more half measures. No more half way. Come on, I think there's more that ought to come down. Come on, thank you for coming. But I believe there's more. I believe there's more. Amen, God, I want you to take all of me. I want the fire to fall. I want the rain to come. I want the word from heaven. I've got to repent. I've got to give it all to you. No more limping. Amen. No more handicapped through life. Amen. But God, I'm giving all to you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's keep up the intensity. Come on. Let's keep up the intensity. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, let the anointing fall right now. God, I pray, Lord, for anointing. I pray, Lord, for the touch of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Yes, your word. Oh, 
His presence yes, for a few more Lord, moments together. Hallelujah. Your words give all the praise. Come on.